1: Hey, Welcome to on? the Full Court Press. Good afternoon, Ajay. Hi, Eric. How are you? So how does it feel to be a celebrity, to know that everybody and anybody wants to talk to Eric? Even though I, don't I am know what brings the color to the show. I don't know what it to, the to show. Be a celebrity. Literally and metaphorically, I bring <laughs> so much variety to the show.
2: We were talking to uh, um, Bernard Rock the other day. And when uh, we were talking to Troy Roll, we were talking to Tyler Newbold, we were talking to Spencer Nelson. It was fun talking to all those. Those guys are celebrities.
1: Yeah, there's, so- but I those mean, guys are. I'm just are saying, like when when students you line come up in, you shake their hand, and say, "Hey, can we talk to you, Eric?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm said. Just- yeah, we know. We want to talk to Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me move out of the way <laughs> so you guys can talk to Eric." <laughs> I just it's got to feel so good.
2: Well just they they were just seeking
1: answers and I gave them answers. I was trying to get Gabby the intern. I think you would probably cause more questions than answers. Okay. <laughs> so, well, speaking of which actually, coming to think about that, there's a, there's a couple of students doing some video and I was like, I've got a great idea for you. Would you do you want to turn that off? <laughs> Sorry. Are you, are you done? I'm done now. <laughs> trying to do a radio a show background here. music hey, trying to tell hey, us <laughs> we're live here, guys. I okay. <laughs> I actually thought it was that in the intern. I wasn't going to say anything, but I thought it was your mad. computer. I'm like, you know what, Eric, grow up Morgan Grimes. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's students here like they're, and they're wanting to do video. Right. And I said, you know what? Let me help you bring out a picture. So we're going to have Gabby, the intern walking through with her camouflage green sweater and she and or or even better, Kay, Like she's looking at that big billboard outside the electric digital cool big bill TV thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she was just gonna look at the like electronic and sign. And then they video in slow motion when I pop up, and she's looking up at me. And I just feel like wait, you're on the uh, electronic billboard outside? Yeah. The uh, what's that? What's what's it called? Electronic billboard. Electro- electronic like, billboard. Like an
3: ad. Is that what
1: it is? You have an ad out there? No, not an ad. No, watch your language, Adam, the intern. Oh, sorry. Don't swear. I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's a uh it's a, a promo. Is that what it's called? Yeah? Yeah, that's what it is. But anyways, don't don't distract me. So they they video as Gabby is looking up, and then there is the brown mamba. And I just think it would have been cool. It would have been really dramatic. It would have been. Like, I, yeah, I'm sure I, there were probably would have been cars crashing.
2: On the road. Oh, man. Accidents.
1: You wouldn't believe the massive traffic hysteria, lines that it caused when they crying. See, okay? I posted that thing on uh, Instagram, and I got, like, six likes.
2: You're not on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Excuse me? i baking powder? I'm on Instagram. You are? Yeah, you're not. And you told me you were, and I'm kind of angry that you lied to me. Because I looked for you. I'm there. And I spelled your name four I've different never ways, visited, and it still wasn't there. there. I just want... I mean... I looked for you. Anyways, I got six likes, which is an Instagram personal high for me. That's So it's your mom? It's your aunt? No, I think my aunt did like it. Cousin? Gabby the intern liked
2: it. Oh, Gabby. That's, we're up to four now. Yeah. Um, I still
3: haven't liked it, but you know.
1: Okay, <laughs> I know Adam the intern. It's you? This- and, and, then, and then, yeah, I don't have Instagram. Well, aren't you special? Okay, congratulations. I guess
3: my parents are here. Here's me, a right? gold
1: medal. <laughs> There's a gold sticker star.
2: <laughs> hey, you know who deserves a gold medal? The Denver Nuggets.
1: Oh, no. Yes, they do. Half a Nuggets beat the Big Mac. Yeah. They played like they wanted to win. No, the Jazz just played like they didn't care. No, look, they
2: scrapped after and they chased every loose ball. That's, they got every 50-50, is it, almost every here's 50-50 Here's the thing. Is it
1: more Denver or is it more Utah? You, okay, look, even a seven-man team... Running around like chickens with their heads cut off should not be a fully healthy Jazz team. Should not. That should never, ever, ever happen. There's been a lot of embarrassing losses in Jazz history, okay? I would mark this up there. That a team that's fully healthy cannot beat a seven-man Denver Nugget squad on a second end of a back-to-back. Horrible. Which, by the way, they're playing with one really main guy, and it's Jokic. Everyone else has been either shipped off to Peru or wherever else. <laughs> well yeah, but Murray is, was back is, coming back from his injury and he's a good player. Not not this early. Shouldn't happen. And and here's the thing is I've been blaming Mike Conley. I've blamed Donovan Mitchell. I've blamed Ingalls at times. I've blamed the bench. When are we gonna start putting heat on Coach Quinn Snyder for not doing his job? When is he actually gonna be put on the hot seat and said, you know, if you can't get the job done with this talented of a roster, you gotta go. They're the biggest Quinn Snyder fan there is.
2: They went to, what the last seven minutes of regulation without only one bucket.
1: Yeah. And no adjustments offensively. Now, granted, like Jokic's turnaround flat footed fadeaway jumper should have never went in. He shoots that ten times, it's going in once, and it just happened to go in that once it's last night. That thing was ugly.
2: Well, look, I mean the Jazz defensively have played well against Denver. They're the they're in this five game losing streak. They haven't always played really good defensively, but they just couldn't get it going enough on them for
1: their own offense. Here's the thing, though: is that Do- uh, Dozier played, and so did is it Kanker? Kanker? I mean, I'm about to say cancer. That would have been really bad. Um, but Millsap, Plumlee, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., who by the way everybody wants, and Barton, all didn't play.
2: Yeah, they only played seven guys. So,
1: so you're looking at, but here's the thing: if you're looking at. One, two, three double-digit average scoring guys. Two uh, two of those three guys are also near double digits in another uh, major category in stats, which is assist or rebounds. For both those guys, it's rebounds. And Michael Porter Jr. nearly averages a double-double in points and assists, and none of those guys played. So in return, the Jazz in 34 minutes from Bogdanovich, 16 points. He was 3 10 from deep, 6 of 18 from the field. Rudy Gobert had a, uh, a good night, 7 of 10 from the field and 39. He had 16. He also had 10. So he had 14 boards. But Donovan Mitchell, 8 of 24, 2 of 9 from three. That guy's an all star. Yeah, he. Oh, give me Devin Booker. He had eight rebounds. He was trying to do some Dude, other no, things. No, stop. He went. He went eight of twenty-four from the field for eighteen points. What what bothers me more than that?
2: What bothers me more than that? He was zero for one at the free throw line. So what that tells me is he wasn't attacking the basket. He wasn't trying to create. He wasn't trying to make things happen for his team. He was
1: settling for some outside shots. And you know what's even worse than this is that really they played with six guys. Because Harris went 0-13 from the field, 0-6 from deep for the Nuggets. They played with six guys. And they beat the Jazz at 98-95. Mike Conley, 6-13 of from the field, 5-9 and from three. He had 21. He also had eight rebounds, five assists. That's probably Mike Conley's best game so far this year.
2: Yeah, I thought Conley did a nice job. I'm a little surprised, though, that, that we didn't see Clarkson in the closing minutes.
1: You don't really Because he plays well against That's Denver. That's true. Hey, but you know what disappoints me as well is that Joe Ingles is shooting four shots. How is a starter making $60 million for your franchise shooting four shots? Why are you not creating? Right? Why are we not developing an offense around your best shooters when Donovan Mitchell's having an off night? Which, by the way, has been happening a lot. Way too much lately. Really concerned about that. I think Royce needs to get back in the starting lineup. I think you need to bring Joe Ingles off the bench as a sixth man because this isn't working. That and might I, be interesting. Five straight losses and four of them should be wins. The only one that I, I think you count as a true loss is San Antonio. Everything else should be wins. Like this, is, this is bad basketball. And you're right. Jordan Clarkson in 23 minutes was 6-7 from the field. He had 16. But he didn't play in the final six minutes?
2: No, he was on the bench to, to finish the game. In the clutch, he was out. For... And he's played well against Denver. So I was surprised that we didn't see him in the closing minutes. Donovan wasn't getting it done.
1: So trade deadline comes and goes. Jazz make no moves. Now, according to Tony Jones of The Athletic on on social media, said that there was ongoing conversations that were fluid but never really materialized. What were they looking for? And by the way, he says they're not done yet because they're in that buyout market. They can go out and buy out somebody and take them either from a local or international perspective. So there's there's still a chance for are to get a three wing, or or a five to back up for Rudy Gobert because Davis and Bradley haven't got or Bradley haven't got it done.
2: At least not consistently enough.
1: Oh no, Bradley's still yeah. wearing diapers in the NBA, and Ed Davis just shows up like he's like Casper. He shows up when you least expect it, <laughs> and when he does, you you don't really want him there.
2: Uh, yeah, According to Tony Jones, the the two players that the Jazz were willing to part with and the players most likely to be moved, were Ed Davis and Emmanuel Moutier.
1: Wait, he announced that? Well, that's what, in his... Dude, he's super protective of that stuff, though. In like, his, he's...
2: Well, he, in his piece that he put together on The Athletic, that's what he was speculating. Because the Jazz don't have uh, draft picks that they can use,
1: so they didn't really have too many pieces they could move. So here's the thing, is, is I'm okay moving Bradley, keep Moutier. I think he's developing better and better. I think as he gets minutes and he gets experience, he's actually getting the hang of it. Better, he didn't right? Pl- he didn't play last night. I know, but here's he's a forgotten that's, player I, but right I'm going back to Snyder then, right? Because Exum couldn't, I mean, Exum was inconsistent at best, and he was frustrated when he got get pulled off, even after one mistake. And at the time, Moutier would come in, and he'd have all, you know, a driver's seat to the Ferrari and wreck it every time, like right? out of control. But yet he was getting more minutes than Exum. In the end, Moody was getting better quicker than Exum was. That's why Exum was gone. All yeah, of he, a sudden, he though, totally took all of a sudden Exum's we go minutes. back to like putting Moody behind bars, and we're just letting this thing. It's because just Clarkson has come along, and he has absolutely. But when a guy like Mitchell is struggling, when Ingles isn't willing to shoot, or we're not uh, giving him an offense that allows him to shoot, that's where the problems are arising. This is this is a bad situation. This is a really like like you lose two in a row, it happens, three in a row that happens. You lose your fifth row, fifth in a row to a team on a, with a seven man roster on a second end of a back to back and completely exhausted, like Jokic said he said it last night in the postgame. That team was tired. And Mike Malone called what, two timeouts within the first nine minutes of the game just to give his team some rest when the Javs were making a run. We we're up by thirteen. And they still found a way to win this ball game. It's on Snyder.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree that he needs to shoulder a, a large part of the blame over what's been happening over the last two weeks here. That teams have been able to expose the Jazz and beat them in ways that they sh- have, should have no business doing.
1: Yeah, it's a problem. And the,
2: the, the, the lack of uh, proper adjustments to take care of things or to close games out, that's what's frustrating. To not... Be able to to get your guys to the line, to not get Donovan Mitchell to attack the basket. They were afraid of Jokic. He was yeah, blocking a that? shot or changing the shot, and
1: then they wouldn't attack him anymore. This All Star break couldn't come soon enough. Like this, this All Star break really needs to like kind of right. This Jazz put squad first has to get here to right do. now because this team is just. They they look like they don't even want to be there. They don't they don't even want to be on the court. Well, I don't chills. know about that, but I just I saw. They just fought a a Denver seven
2: man Nuggets team. But I saw a Denver team that was chasing down every loose ball, and the Jazz were just a little more lackadaisical about it. And so Denver got all of them. They got more second chance opportunities.
1: They got turnovers. They made things happen. So what does that tell you then? If if Denver with a seven man roster is doing more to beat this Jazz team who's healthy, what does that tell you? I mean. The, the Jazz just couldn't get to it The ball is bouncing well, the other way I think
2: we saw this with Utah in that 20 of 22 game stretch Mike Connolly was out Everybody had to elevate their game To uh, compensate for not having their, their Starting point guard in there and They looked they looked well, they all fought better Because they, were, they knew they were down
1: 500 basketball teams Now we crank up the schedule, the team's in playoff mode And we look like we don't even belong In the Western Conference playoffs this whole thing of like Western Conf or excuse me Western Conference final contender throw it out the window. A because teams made improvements with their roster. The Clippers getting Marcus Morris is a huge get for them. Isaiah Thomas I think will be flipped for an asset somewhere down the road, but I think Marcus Morris really helps the Clippers. Um I know that Houston giving away Capella really hurts them because Capella owns Gobert in every way shape and form on the court. Well, I still what, what feel that, like Houston's a better team than Utah right now, which we've, we'll find out what tonight, right or tomorrow. Tomorrow, when they play at Houston, I believe it's coming up. If I'm not mistaken, Adam the intern, help me here. Jazz play the Trailblazers. So Damian's gonna go for his average of fifty tomorrow at our place. That's wonderful. Right, the
2: game is in Utah. And then they are at Houston on Sunday.
1: Oh, we're screwed. Yeah, we're done. We're going to go 0-2. Damien's going to put up 51. He's going to beat us with a game winner from, like, I don't know, half court. <laughs> the and, logo. Then, and then James Harden's going to shoot 60 shots and score 51 points. Well, and Westbrook's going to have a triple-double.
2: What Houston is doing with that trade is saying we're committed to going small to the extreme. We're going to go five out. Everybody's a ball handler. Everybody's a shooter. And uh, if you're not going to come out and guard us at the three, we'll shoot it right over the top of you. If you do come out to guard us at the three, we'll make a move, drive past you, and attack the basket.
1: That's not gonna work in the Western Conference playoffs. That's that's not gonna work. I just I, there's there's no way. Like every good Western Elite Conference basketball team has a big man who can defend in the paint. Anthony Davis and LeBron James you can put that on one team. I'll even put JaVel McGee in that list. Don't ask why I just for kicks and giggles.
2: Yeah, are you smoking something? Yeah,
1: I know. It's weird. It's it's one of those days, though. Uh, and then, what? Clippers have Marcus Morris. Um, San Antonio, I guess they don't have a legit. Kind of play that 4-5 thing, right? Where, I mean, the five guys really the four guy. Um, give me another contender, though.
3: The Nuggets. Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, Jokic. Yep. Jokic. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder.
2: They're not a contender. I
3: wouldn't say that. No. Dude, they're but in the playoffs. They're a
1: playoff team. They're a better basketball team than the Jazz are. Yes. What? We do, no. Stop it. We yes. Look, they're in the Oklahoma middle of a five City game is slide. That doesn't team. mean they've totally look fallen the, apart. Look at the per possessions from their backcourt, and it is better than what we're getting right now from Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. One of them is an All Star. It's bad. I, I'll take Oklahoma City as a better basketball team all the way around right now, as we speak. Then the Jazz. If we play a seven-game series versus Oklahoma City Thunder with home court advantage, it's going seven. Jazz win in five. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to beat the Nuggets by twenty last night too. How did that go for you? <laughs> they were favored by eleven. Thanks for coming, Sally. Have a great night. Like it just it doesn't it doesn't matter. They're a bad basketball team right now who's discombobulated. You like that? Hmm. Read the diction
3: vocab test, right?
1: Adam, the intern from left field. Good one. <laughs> hey. Keep you on your toes, <laughs> what can I say? Uh, but it, it, it's just its a team that's a mess, and they need the all-star break, and they need it now. And now they got to go fight through Damian Lillard and James Harden just to get through the next week. And then Dallas after that. Really? On Monday. Also, Doncic is going to have a night. And then they host Miami
2: before the, uh, who, uh, the, who, the all-star break.
1: So Iggy, right, is in Miami. Who else went? Did, did Gallinari ever go to Miami? Did that no. ever get worked out? No.
2: Nope. Poor kid.
1: He never moved. He, he stayed there. Poor guy. Alright uh, We gotta take a break Do you wanna do Okay wait Actually here uh, Producing pr- Production on the fly Do we do our pick six now Because yes. there's a gentleman Behind the back door Staring at us Waiting for his turn Okay so we'll do pick six Now do you wanna go to break first No we'll go to break Okay let's go to break We'll
2: do our pick six Pick six. It's a short segment Yes
1: Since you're the celebrity Go ahead and make the decisions <laughs> And then after that We'll have our special guest Gary Wilkinson Bring him in Dude he is so tall oh, My gosh Look at him yeah. <laughs> Gosh, he's a monster. He's a tall yeah, is. man. Gary Wilkins is gonna join us, one of the Aggie great big men uh in Utah State basketball lore. He's uh um one that's Stu Morrell, by the way. When you hear Stu Morrill's interview tomorrow, Coach Morrill speaks very highly of Gary Wilkins, and you'll find out why tomorrow. It's it's a good interview. You'll like to hear that. Al Lewis, tonight at five o'clock, legendary voice of the Aggies, always will be, right? Always will be. I can't wait to get his memories of of Colin Games and I gotta hear the story of how he almost got a technical once. I never got that full story on it.
2: There's many times over he should have gotten it. Really? Yes. I only
1: heard one story. Nice. I can't <laughs> wait. So, Pick Six coming up next. Yep. With uh, Adam the intern. Six things we think might happen this weekend.
2: And uh, then, yeah, it's, there are, our interviews with Aggie Legends continue coming up
0: on the Full Court Press. 1069 <laughs> FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. If you want to stream us, you can do it on 106.9thefan.com. Uh, we'll get to our above Aggie basketball greats. No, above average.
2: Above average former Aggie basketball players. That, there you our go. Inter- sorry. There you go. Our interview series with above average former Aggies.
1: Now it's crazy because when we I said that, right. like... When you told Spencer Nilton that yesterday, I thought he was going to lose his mind. He's kind of like, yeah, actually, I agree <laughs> with that. But then you also, and I suggested Aggies that never won an NCAA tournament game, and he thought that was a little bit harsh. I thought it was but all he right. He said all of those would work. I, I didn't want to do it, though. I, I didn't have the heart to. I feel bad, especially for uh, our next guest that's going to be coming up, Gary Wilkinson, who, uh, I, you know, when I asked Stu Morrill, I got to call him Coach, I can't call him Stu, it feels uncomfortable. Uh, but when I asked coach Morrow, his most heartbreaking is the tournament loss. Uh, he, I know Gary will not be surprised by the answer and I'm sure Gary might feel the same way too. In fact, I, uh, I was watching some highlights from that game the other night because I'm a, I love misery, I guess. And it's just, I, I almost want to cry. I, I seriously almost want to cry when I think about that because I thought we had it in the bag and things went south in a hurry. And so, uh, I can't wait to talk to Gary again. He is honestly he was a, he was a third team all-American. So think about this. Of all the great big men we've had, Gary and Ty Wesley are the two big men all-Americans we've had. Did was Namiya Keda an all-American last year? I don't think he was. No. Think about that. The records he set in our school and he wasn't an all-American. Gary and Ty are the only two all-Americans we've had from Big Men. That is amazing. That that stands out to me more than anything else and so Again, can't wait to have Gary Wilkinson on here in about 15 minutes. And and this and has been Al-Lucified. a fun week. Uh, oh, and if you missed so any of the
2: episodes or if you want to go back and hear any of them, again, just go to our website, 106.9thefan.com. We have a full podcast library. It's It's been a lot of fun. It's From Bernard
1: Rock to Troy Roll, uh, Spencer Neil Roddy Anderson. Yep, and then I guess tomorrow, Marcus Saxon. and Of course, we cap it off with the great Stu Morrill uh, joining us on the Full Court Press. Ken, you'll love Stu's interview. He's uh, He's a much different person than... You know that the grumpy stew that everybody always remembered. <laughs> He's mellowed in retirement? Yeah, he has mellowed a lot. Hey, it's time for our pick six, you know the rules. Three lines from each of us, plus a tiebreaker from Adam, and hopefully he does a better job than last time. Did, did you did you school him on how his own? So tiebreaker I tried and he was like and he kinda brushed it off like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so here,
3: okay. So here's the thing. I think I win.
2: Well, so we were debating... You it, actually lost
1: because you gave us a
3: bad tiebreaker.
2: Because neither of that. us won or lost. So we're thinking, well, maybe intern Adam
1: owes Look, us, yeah, us. I, I mean, played you guys. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're a <laughs> BYU guy, but I don't think you understand how Vegas lines work.
3: Clearly not, because I live in Utah. <laughs> yeah. so I don't have that much experience with Vegas. Uh, all right, so you know, again... We're, we're, te- uh,
2: te- we're teaching him bad three, things. Uh, yeah, so m- I think, I think on the record dad.
3: books, I think that one belongs to me. I uh, played so, you all.
2: So both Ajay and I owe you a treat? Is that how that works? even if you
3: tie... Like, 100%, you all tie, I win. <laughs> that, that's how it works. Okay. There's,
2: there's something wrong with the intern yeah, it's playing eight. us like that. <laughs> that's okay.
3: All right, let's go ahead and go through three lines. Adam, you know your job. But go ahead. All righty. Let's start out with Sam Merrill points versus Boise State. The line is set at 26.5 over under.
1: Okay, this is saucy because Sam Merrill is 21 points away from the 2,000-point mark, 22 away from tying it, and 23 away from moving past Wayne Estes on the very exact night. That 55 years ago, Wayne Estes hit the 2,000-point mark but then tragically died just hours later uh, after the game. So 27-and-a-half, he had 30 against Boise State at Boise State even though they lost in overtime. Eric, over-under? And the line is set at what again? 26-and-a-half. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. I think Sam has a heck of an eye. I think he shows off for a sold-out crowd.
3: All right, moving on. We got James Harden points versus the Jazz, and the line is set at 41-and-a-half. half <laughs> Over-under. <laughs>
1: Hey, everyone's just getting free practice shots on the Jazz, and Harden might as well.
2: I'm laughing about how similar our lines are. Uh, I'm going to take the under.
1: I'm going to take the under.
3: Okay. We got got John Carlson versus the Flyers. This is an NHL line. This is a hockey line. So, you know, really got to keep you on your toes. We got John Carlson versus the Flyers, and the line is set at five and a half. Over under now five and a half points. points. Help yes. me out, Gabby. No, I got to go
2: to a go hockey no, expert. No, no,
1: you can't use her as a lifeline. Five and a half points, not goals, not assists, just points total for the game against the Flyers Saturday night. She's not helping me out. Uh, I'm going to go under. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, we got Merrill points. Plus assists and rebounds. Fetch. You can't do that. Why not? It's he like added hand. more. He didn't it's math. Points. He got assists and rebounds. Anyways.
1: Wait, timeout. So wait, combined? Sem- combined? I don't get this. <laughs> it's so not rocket science.
2: Combined <laughs> points plus
1: assists
2: plus rebounds. Okay. The combined total is what of all three of
1: those statistical categories what was the line? 31 and a half. So, wait, so he could have like 20 rebounds, six points, and five assists, and now he'd get over 31, right?
3: Yeah, I don't see the problem. Yeah, with that. if he had
1: that kind of a night. Might be that kind of a night. What are you going over or under? You go first this time.
3: What, well, 31? 31 and a half.
1: Over?
2: I'm going to I'm gonna go under. You really think he's going to choke on I'm Saturday night? I'm going to get stay. killed on that one, I know, but I'm going to go under.
3: Okay. Um, speed. Next one, we got James Harden three-pointer attempts versus Utah. The heck? The line is set at 14 and a half. Oh, man. That's a
1: good line because he could easily. I mean, it's a jazz. He's going to be chucking. Oh, man. I think it's going to be like 13 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to say under. I'll go take the over. Really? That's a lot of three points. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay.
3: Uh, we got Diogo Burrito assist versus Colorado State. The line is set at five and a half over under. Colorado State?
1: So we're going to Tuesday night? Sorry, I meant Boise State.
3: Okay. That's what's written down. I'm just the intern here. Yeah, hey, well,
1: you know what, Adam? You're doing your job. Thanks, man. Calm down. Uh, wait, so wait, what was the line? So, five and a half assists. For Brito? For Diogo Brito. Oh, it's it's under. I don't see him getting five and a half. I'm going to take the over. I think Bean's the assist guy. I think, I just, yeah. There's no way Brito, it's going to be all defensive purpose for him being on the court. Okay, what's our tiebreaker?
2: And the
3: tiebreaker is the score to an XFL game, because I think that starts this weekend, right?
1: Is it this weekend
2: pretty or is sure? it next?
3: It's pretty. I'm pretty sure it's this weekend.
1: Did you do your research or add the intern? I sure did. Okay, then we trust you. All right.
3: Okay. And Seattle at D.C. I want the score.
1: So Seattle's got a great quarterback. Their offense is about mediocre, but I think their defense has been really what the key is. No one's is. played a game. You don't you know You are anything. a degenerate, RJ. You don't you know, know, know anything. That. Whoa. I've been watching spring ball or <laughs> winter ball.
3: Uh, Wait, what was that? The, oh, the so score? we have to give a score? Yeah. I like this. Closest score wins, because clearly Pat Mahomes turnovers isn't good enough. This <laughs> <laughs> line you set, man. Hey, I was right on. I was in. I wasn't in like. So I wait, DC position. is that who they're playing? It's
1: Seattle versus DC. 31-27, Seattle. I think Seattle gets a big win.
2: Um, I'm gonna say there's gonna be a lot of sloppy football in the first game of the season, so I'm gonna say twenty-one for for DC. And uh, ten.
1: Oh wait, can I change my line?
2: No, he's got it in ink.
0: He hasn't even wrote it. Did you write it? Yeah, I just wrote it down. down.
1: Okay, we haven't typed it up yet. Twenty-one
3: seventeen Seattle. It's too late. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could scratch it out. Yeah, you could. I'll think about it. All right, we
2: need to get to a break. We've yeah. got a great uh, got guest, a guest here in He's been studio. Waiting for
1: us, and we've been making him wait.
2: Uh, Gary Wilkinson, former Aggie basketball great, and uh, find out what uh, some of his fond memories of playing at Utah State. Maybe a Stu moral anecdote, what he's up to, what he's done since leaving I, Utah State. I can't wait for the Stu Morrill stories. Those are my favorite. <laughs> so all that's coming up right here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies,
0: the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
3: Next mistake
1: loves a game Wanna play Eric France and AJ South here on the full court press welcome on 1069 1390 AM and the fan grateful to have you wherever and however you're joining us don't forget you can stream us online at 106fan.com if you want to look up our past and previous episodes from this past week as we do our above average what what is it called again
2: our interview series with above average former Aggie basketball players
1: yes that uh rolls off the tongue i mean I, i'm working on it man <laughs> Uh, you can find it on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. We've had some great interviews, Eric. It's been a blast doing this with you. It really Man, has. it's been fun. It's been so much fun. And and the time that we have with him, it goes by so fast. Oh, dude. That Stu Morrill interview went... Well, I mean, we'll go into it tomorrow, but just the amount of time he was willing to spend to do it was amazing. And uh, it was a blast. We had Spencer Nilton on for 25 minutes or so yesterday. Uh, Bernard Rock was on for about 20 minutes. Troy Roll was on for 25 so it's been so much fun, and again, thank you to all those who have been a part of it so far, and we continue it now here on the Full Court Press. Joining us live in studio, which is pretty cool, Gary Wilkinson, one of two All-Americans from the front court in the big man era. Uh, Gary, thanks for your time, my man.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. He was hey. also
1: the WAC Player of the Year. Don't leave that out. That's true. I, I guess I, I mean I know Gary. You don't like to talk about yourself or hear about yourself. <laughs> we could go through a list of accomplishments if you really want yeah. to. It is a uh, it is a very impressive list to say the least. That'd be a short segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, one of the best again. One of the best to ever. Do it. Uh, he uh, first team all whack in 09, second team all whack in 2008. He was a whack all newcomer in 08 as well. Third team. All American in 2006 and a two-team first team, two-time first-team All uh, SWAC in 2006, 2007. Uh, so let's start there. What was your journey like to come to Utah State? How did that process go?
0: Yeah, we could fill a. That's a long a story whole, in and of itself. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, basically, the the Cliff Notes version: dropped out of high school, you know, found my way, found my way back uh, on onto solid ground. I came home from LDS Mission, decided I didn't want to pay for school. I was really tall. So I said, you know, maybe I'll play basketball. Got a scholarship at uh, Salt Lake Community College. And um, things just went up from there. Uh, Got recruited all over the country. And, you know, Utah State was the best fit for us. So we came up and decided to be Aggies.
2: What, when was your, who first recruited you to Utah State?
0: Uh, Let's see, it would be. Coach Ware. It was kind of a team effort, so I'd hear from Coach V, Coach um, Verlin, Coach Derrier, and Coach Ware um, just throughout my time it, at uh, Slick. But I think that they weren't sold on me at first. They were kind of still deciding whether it was going to be me or Adrian Sturt from uh, Snow College, but he didn't uh, obviously end up there. So,
2: What was your first
0: interaction with Stu Morrill? <sighs> Let's see. Um, I have to think back about that. I think... I don't. I think I heard from Coach. I didn't actually meet Coach till my recruiting trip. Um, I came up and watched a couple games, and uh, then on my recruiting trip, I sat in his office and and I. Was, this guy's intimidating. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he. You know, I coach. Coach didn't really. He wasn't a salesman. You know, he didn't try to. He left that up to the other coaches. And so when you you got in to talk with Coach, you kind of just knew he meant business, and I like that. I was ready I was ready for that but uh, he, he was intimidating. I was I was scared of coach until years after I was done playing at Utah State Now I'm I can approach him in a bit different but uh, <laughs> but he's an intimidating guy
1: Is he real? I mean uh, I guess as a coach did you because he I've heard stories how like players would be able to like, kind of sit down and have conversations as when they were playing for him. That'd be non-basketball related. Did you ever have a conversation like that? You don't have to go into deep detail if you don't want to, but
0: did you ever have a conversation like that with him? <laughs> I tried. Uh, well, I uh, so at, when I transferred from Slick. Um, so to answer your question, not not really. No. Um, but there was one conversation. So all freshmen and transfer students had to do uh, study study time of combined student-athlete study time. Mm but I transferred from slick with like a three, nine and I, and I'm like, I don't want to go to that. I can do it on my own and it's just a waste of my time. So I created this whole um, spreadsheet of why I don't have to go to (laughs) study time. And, And so I scheduled a meeting with them. So I get in there and I, I was up and I was nervous and I go in and I hand him the sheet that I had taken, you know, a good amount of time to prepare. He took like three seconds, look at the title and said, no, (laughs) so i went to study time (laughs) that's awesome
2: you were a part of some pretty special teams when you were here you guys had a great run of success in the western athletic conference um it it seemed like there were great battles that were going on at that time nevada was a great team Uh, there were other some pretty good teams in the conference but uh, are there are there games or or at least or uh, opponents that stand out the most in your mind when you reflect back on your your playing days
0: yeah um I think one of Fresno's, my my senior season, so that'd be 08-09, uh, we played Fresno at Fresno, and we were right on the cusp of breaking top 20, top 25. I think it the, and uh, it was kind of a must-win game for us to kind of define our season, and we, uh, we battled hard, and we were up by three with like .6 seconds left. And then uh, Sylvester Say hit this. I couldn't even hit that shot if I shot it a hundred times. And he did it with like 0.6 left from like the free throw line of the, of his side of the court. Yep. And, uh, we battled through that one and we ended up winning. And then the, to win the, uh, whack, uh, tourney title, uh, against Nevada was a huge game. And coach would, always say during the year, like about January or February, I no longer coach this team. It's your team. And, uh, you guys are, are in control and you take responsibility. And I remember in timeouts during that game, like he couldn't even get a word in edgewise because we were talking so much about what needed to happen. We just, we just rolled and uh, you know, that was, that was just a, a, a nod to, to the quality of guys that coach Moral would recruit up here and, and his staff. I mean, they, they just pulled in guys that just wanted to win and were willing to dedicate themselves to do it. So um, those are a couple games. I could I could go through a through pretty much every home game that we that we played because we won them all while I was here. So
1: it was impressive, 19 in a row. You guys won 19 in a row. It was some about Stu Morrill and conference winning streaks that made him so legendary here in Aggie. And this is again, uh, 19 in a row, which included, as you said, wins, two wins over Fresno State, uh, a gutsy win over Nevada. Uh, you beat New Mexico State, who was a Thorne the Aggie side for so many years, and you beat them not once but twice, including in the tournament. You guys beat them by one in that semifinal game. Do you remember that one, the conference semifinal?
0: Yes, I, I do, and I and I have to say that Tyler Newbold was the hero. I mean, that, I don't remember this. This that guy was unbelievable. So we were we were down by one. No, we were down, we were up by one. We fouled. Um, Nevada, no, excuse me, New Mexico State had the ball. We fouled uh, Young. I think it was Young. So he's at the line. He makes the first. See, he puts him up by one for. I can't remember. Anyway, they went end up being up by one, but he missed the second free throw, and uh, it went over my head, and so I missed the box out. It was like my fault. And Tyler (laughs) Newbold comes flying in, grabs the rebound, jump ball, our ball. We get into a timeout. We run the play for tie. Ty gets the ball, run. They double-team him. He kicks it to Tyler Newbold in the corner. Tyler knocks down the jumper from the corner to, to put us in the lead to win the game. Newbie was... was it, He's like the unsung hero. He's one of my favorite teammates of all time. He just did... <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> he just did everything for us. So. Uh, you guys...
1: Gary, it's interesting looking at the pattern <coughs> these stats. Sorry, Eric. Uh, you... Stat wise, by the way, looking at the box, per game stat totals, Gary Wilkinson, Jared Quayle. In totals, Gary Wilkinson, Jared Quayle, per forty minutes, Gary Wilkinson, Jared Quayle. In advanced stats, Gary Wilkinson, Ty Wesley, then Jared Quayle. It seemed like there was always three or four guys really that were the core to helping this team become as great as they were that season. Is that is that would you correct that as fair, or would you say that there was more to the team than what we saw?
0: Yeah, I think that's I mean those are the guys that, that kind of shouldered the load offensively. I know I definitely did not do that defensively. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like I, I said you know, Tyler Newbold was a guy that just did everything for us and so he he, he led the nation in assist to turnover ratio uh, as a three. Uh, my senior year so and that stat doesn't really get you much attention, but is actually is quite a representation of your ability to, to carry carry a load so um, But you know, obviously Ty was fantastic as a basketball player He did so much and then Jared was all over the court and so I mean there There's so many on that team and then you know Pooh stepped up in the WAC tournament and he guarded Armon Johnson during the, the oh. And he <laughs> shut him down, which was a huge uh. Game plan, and he just did it. He just did a great job. So there, are, there, are, there were players who stepped up at different times. Maddie Formasano knocked in a game winner in Santa Barbara. So it was just, it was always a team effort with us. We always kind of find a way to do it as a team. In that the uh, end of that 809 9 season, you
2: guys do get an NCAA invite. You end up going just up the road. You have to go far. Mm. It's a venue you're familiar with, and uh, you battle Marquette. It was a back and forth game. Describe how that game played out, and just you were so close to breaking through and getting another NCAA win for the for the team that just eluded,
0: continues to elude Utah State. Yeah, that I mean, it was a dark, dark day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we had it. I mean, during the course of the year, when we would when we would uh, you know work out wins, um, it would end up being we'd grind out a game, and then with about or five minutes left we'd start to be up four five six points and then we would just had the character to to ride it out and that's exactly what happened we were up I think there was four minutes left we were up by six and that's where we wanted to be they came back hit a few shots and we ended up being down by three with like 25 seconds left I got the ball at the top of the key <laughs> took a dribble step back three and it felt so good but I faded away just a little bit shot was short we lose and uh, it was brutal. I mean, I, I, Coach Morrill, like, it was tough. We we were a team, like, we beat Marquette. We're poised because that conference, the, the way that the schedule's working out, they, we had good mat- matchups along the way. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Jared fouled out at the end of the game, which hurt us. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. And, uh, that. That, and he was playing spectacularly. I mean, he, he played really well that game. And uh, that just kind of, you know. I don't think too in depth about that it still frustrates me you know
1: coach brought up uh, and I I hate to kind of stay on it but he brought up an interesting uh, scenario where I guess there's a ball that was shot and if it grazes the rim if I'm not mistaken then it goes I think right into your hands instead it's an air ball and it goes into a Marquette player hand and he ends up going to the other side and knocking down a bucket and it kind of just snowballed from there Instead, if, if that grazes off the rim, it goes into Gary's hand, and he has a wide-open layup, and you're up eight now with, like, two and a half minutes left or something like that, and the game's probably over. Like he, he says he, like, plays that game in his mind over and over and over again. He says it's the most heartbreaking loss he ever
0: suffered in his career. Well, yeah, I, and I can I can agree with that. I, I, I haven't watched the game. My wife says it was the darkest day in our marriage because we were I mean, just riding the bus home and then, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, we were rolling. We had a great, great momentum. We had an unbelievably talented basketball team. We were all, you know, we all got along so well, and it was just, you know, one of those things where you wish you could have it back and do it over again.
2: One of the things that we've been asking uh, these uh, interviews with above-average former Aggie basketball See? players <laughs> <Twister>. <laughs> is just what did you do after Utah state when it was all said and done and you couldn't don the Aggie Jersey anymore. Uh, you got to go play a little bit more afterwards. You know, yeah. so tell us a little bit about that journey.
0: Yeah. So I curled up in the fetal position first. When I up <laughs> <the Aggie> jersey. <laughs> we then, can't blame you for that. And then, and then, uh, so I, I went down to, to Las Vegas, started my NBA workouts. I flew out to, to a few teams, Lakers, Warriors, played summer league with the jazz. Um, got invited to vet camp. Didn't, I knew I wasn't gonna make the NBA squad, had a great offer in South Korea. So I went to South Korea, then Greece, uh, then three years, played in the Australian League. We won two championships there. Went to Estonia, won a championship in Estonia. We played in a league that played all over Europe. And then um, decided to go to law school. But I took the LSAT, had to wait a year, so I went back to Australia to play one more season because I couldn't just sit around and uh, spend my money. And then uh, came back and went to law school at the University of Utah. Um, but uh, it was, you know, I wouldn't trade playing overseas for anything. It was just a phenomenal experience and to be immersed in those cultures. I actually ended up playing with Spencer Nelson in Greece. Oh. Um, and uh, that was a fun experience. Got to know him and his family really well. And um, and then just living in these places was was great.
1: Uh- I, I love Eric always asks this question. I gotta ask it. Favorite Stu Moral story?
0: <laughs> there, there are quite a few. Some of them can't be repeated on the radio. But um, we had my saw. So- not sophomore. My junior year, uh, Coach Moral was was not pleased with us and giving us the business in practice. <laughs> and JC uh, is down tying his shoe, listening to Coach Moral go on. But Coach Morrill is backing up as he's yelling at us. Or or not yelling at us. Firmly explaining <laughs> firmly explaining things to us. And uh, he didn't see, see JC. So he tripped backwards over JC <laughs> onto the ground. And Stu's, Stu's a big guy. He's a big guy. So he went down hard. And JC's just like, and we were all terrified of what was about to happen. I walked over. I like help him up off the ground, practice moves on. And then uh, he came into the the team room the next day before film and he started off and say, I know that everyone in this room is deathly afraid of me because not one person cracked a smile when I fell yesterday. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) That's so true. But uh, that was a a good one. Um, But he was, I loved playing for that guy.
2: Are, are you able to we're not going to ask you to do it in here but are you able to mimic the sweep dance
0: i i am not i am not i i, <laughs> I saw it a couple times in my career he <laughs> uh he foretold that he was going to do the sweep dance when we won at boise state my junior year That's right. uh when we won the whack and uh, he, he and uh he did the sweep dance and it was it was you know 10 years ago was a time before we had cell phones as as great as they are but uh I don't know if anyone after me ever caught the sweep dance on film, but I think you could probably sell that for, <laughs> for a good chunk because it's it's it eludes so many people. I get asked about, well, tell me about the sweep dance, and I'm just like, y- you have to be there. You just have to be there and see see Coach Moore, and especially at that time because Coach didn't show you when he was happy too often, you know. And so those are one of the times where you are just like, he's happy, and and if he if if Coach Moore was happy, we're all happy. <laughs>
1: What's the, who's the best player you ever faced in your college
0: career? I mean, just trying to think. I mean, Paul George was at Fresno State when oh I was a gosh. senior. Um, but I would. I mean, I didn't. I didn't look at him as like a player as like, oh, he's just so dominant. You know, um, JaVale McGee was was super talented. Um, Where was he at? Nevada. He was in Nevada. Was in Nevada. With Armon Johnson and Luke Babbitt. Uh, after Luke Babbitt, um, I'd have to say probably Luke Babbitt was was, was super talented, oh, and he was tough. He worked hard. Um, Magnum Roll at Law Tech was really good. So those are the guys that I remember. Battling. Do
1: you still watch Aggie basketball to this day? Do you keep up date with them, or you kind of separate yourself? From no, him? no, I
0: don't separate myself from him by any means. I I uh, I have five kids at home, but I I catch I catch up with it. if I don't go to the game or try to watch the game. I make sure that I catch up on the stats and. Ty and I have a basketball camp up over here every year oh. that we uh, we invite the Aggie players to come and, and oh, work, cool. to work out with the kids, and and Coach Morrill is always good with us to help us have players, and, and Coach Smith's always been good with us to help us have players. So cool. I keep try to try to keep in touch with 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 people up there.
1: So last question for me: Sam Merrill is on pace to maybe break or the two thousand point barrier mark on Saturday night with the anniversary of Wayne Estes. Uh, Sam Merrill, J.C. Carroll, do you see any similarities, comparisons? I know a lot of people like to compare those two players. What do you see out of Sam what do you, from what you saw from J.C.?
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> Sam Sam is super talented. I think he has his all-around game is is something that's, that's really impressive. I was actually just out in Spain two weeks ago with J.C. Oh. hanging around and, and and going around, and he's shown me what life's like for a European superstar. But uh <laughs> He, uh, J.C. is probably – I played with J.C. and another guy named Kirk Penny who went to the Final Four at Wisconsin. I played with him in Australia. Two best scorers I've ever played with. Yeah. guys could just fill up the stat sheet like nobody's business. And um, J.C., like, he's got that killer mindset that it it's really rare to where you can just – he's and it's not a knock on him. He could shoot 10 times and miss every shot and take the next shot without feeling bad about it. Which is it's a great quality to have as a scorer. Um, I, I had a limit of mounting shots, so I started to feel bad, which I wish I didn't have. But uh, it was my, my teammates may not have thought so, but it was there. Um, so, but Sam's all around game defensively. He's a two way player. Like you, you put him on your best player on defense. You put him, and he's your best player on offense. He's a guy that can pass the ball, and uh, I, I've really loved watching Sam play and develop as a player. I've, I'm really impressed with with the steps that he's taken and his and and I know I know how much work it takes to play at that level I mean I remember uh so my senior year I was the preseason uh player of the year for the Western Athletic Conference and you put a lot of pressure on I mean I don't play basketball and and I know Sam doesn't to to win those individual awards you want to you want to win and and uh but there's a lot of pressure to be that and each game makes a difference with that and trying to deal with that pressure and, and stay focused and stay driven and stay unselfish and committed to your team. That's a lot as a player. So I've been extremely impressed with his poise and his ability to kind of weather that storm.
1: Gary, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Uh, thank you for uh, spending some time with us. We really appreciate it, and thanks for all you've done for Utah State University.
0: Now, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming down. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, thank this you. Is, it's fun to catch up with the former great ones. It's amazing. See what they're doing now and the memories of uh, when they played. It's been a ton of fun. So thank you for coming yeah. down yeah. and joining us, thanks, being guys. part of it.
1: Full Court Press coming up here in the second hour.